On the show, Crows favourite son and two-time premiership captain Mark Bigley joins us. Cup defence. We name our Aussie 11 for the World Cup opener against Afghanistan. It's the AFL raid robbing Sandville clubs. The local leagues left furious over the mid-season draft. That's all coming up next on the Press Box. Oh yes, another cracking episode on the way here. It's the Press Box. You've got Jace, you've got Tuggers and Dale Fletcher. Welcome to another edition. We are jam-packed as usual, and I better welcome you straight off the top. Let's not waste any more time. Dale and Jace, hello to you fellas. How are we, boys? Good to be here for another week. A bit late than uh, normal, though. Hey, no headaches this week? No headaches, uh, 100% fit. <laughs> no general soreness. 100% fit. But we are a day behind. How was your trip interstate? Yeah, look, we are a little bit late. Look, we're 24 hours late because I've been away interstate and it's been fantastic to get some sunshine. I've been up in uh, Port Douglas near Cairns, so um, I've had a fantastic time. Sensational no tan, part of the world. No tan, which I'm really disappointed about. But we're back. He's and that's the, all that matters. Pull the annual leave card after 12 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you didn't pull the sick card. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Hey, you said it off the top, Jace. The mid-season draft is probably the number one story right now in footy circles, but Australian sport right now is something you don't see a lot of, is swapping of teams in the middle of a season. Is it right? Is it wrong? We've had this debate many times. Jeez. Let's go through it. Geez, hasn't it caused some controversy? Last night, the uh, the mid-season draft was held. Five players from the Sample were poached to go and play in the AFL. I spoke to one of them today, and Sam uh, Cam Sutcliffe, who plays for Port Maggies, the captain of the Port Maggies. He's now back on an AFL list after being absent for a while. He was obviously, uh, of course, on Fremantle's list. He played 100 games for the Frio. Mm. Now he, uh, he's, he gets another crack at it, but... It's caused a lot of controversy in the Sandful. The, the Sandful clubs are not happy. They feel like they've been robbed uh, from good players. I know I've spoken to um, South Adelaide's coach in Jared Wright. He's lost his tall ruckman in Michael Knoll. It's the third ruckman he's lost in That's six it. months. So they're, they're furious over this. They can't believe that they're getting robbed by the AFL. You know, and I, they make the argument, some people make the argument that they're a feeder league, yes, the same time, they've still got to generate incomes. They've still got to generate, making sure they win games of footy. So it's it's, it's a bit tough. Yeah, it's a catch twenty two. I've uh, I've uh, I loved it. I, I loved the uh, mid season draft, predator uh, trading, everything like that. I'm a bit of American sports nut, so I, I love it all. And uh, all what what I do love is those guys get, getting an, an an opportunity to. Uh, to uh, test themselves in uh, it was pretty much a six month apprenticeship to um, mm-hmm. to to keep their spot on on, on the list. So uh, and you could tell with uh, some of the reactions from some of the the players that got picked up that uh, it's it's a life changing uh, for them. So you, you can't can't hold it against them. I don't think anyone's questioning the opportunity, which is obviously incredible for anyone who got offered um, an AFL spot on a list, but. At the end of the day, and Jason, I'm surprised you've actually turned a little bit it's because 180 well, degrees. Because <laughs> not long ago, it was a month and a half ago, we discussed this on the show, and you were totally with Dale, and it was a great thing, and we should be embracing it. Yet, you seem a little bit like you've come around to my side of things and thinking the Sample Clubs are getting done over here. Yeah, I've done a complete one, <laughs> 180. I've uh, completely changed my back on uh, what I originally went with. But the Sample Clubs are getting done over because the AFL, this, this mid-season draft was supposed to be to bolster their roster, to, to bring in players that if they've had injuries or if they've had players come out or for whatever reason. A like for like. A like for like. They could bring in a player from the lower leagues, from the Sample Leagues, from the Waffle, wherever they're, they're from, and they could bring in a player that they could help top up their list. The AFL have gone, well, you know what? We're going to use 
this opportunity to see if we can have a look at a, a mm. younger player for six months and see if he's worth bringing back on our list. So they've sort of just used this to top up their list in the complete what it wasn't meant for. It'll be in- interesting to see how many of the players drafted actually get to play a game. So mm. I actually think with the with the Port Adelaide hat on, I actually think Cam Sutcliffe will get a game because purely because well, of the Jack, I- injury might, list. If he gets a game before Jack Trengove, I tell Jeez, that'll be that'll be a totally different story, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting who actually gets a game. And, and, and I know for a fact that uh, Essendon really wanted Michael Knoll and Sydney, Sydney s- just swooped in, stole yeah. him uh, out of the pick before. And that and Sydney really don't need a Ruckman. So I don't, I don't really see Knoll getting a game unless uh, there's a massive injury list at the Sydney Ruckman. You spoke about players who may get a game in the future. Well, one in particular will 100% get a game this weekend, in fact, for the Western Bulldogs, was Ryan Gardner. Um, Monday night, drafted by the Bulldogs. Tuesday night, is being told that he's going to be he's playing his debut AFL match. And he's been on the Geelong for three it works. years. It, work, well, it that, works. That's probably the one you know, scenario <laughs> you can say, actually, they're using it for the right reasons. That's perfect, isn't it? But look at the look at the names here. Sam Wise. They're being uh, knocked out of the park. South Adelaide Ruckman Michael Knoll, as you said, pick four goes to Sydney. Pick five, North Melbourne Lachlan Hosey uh, from uh, Glenelg, he goes. Uh, Pick seven, Essendon Will Snelling. He's gone uh, from the West Adelaide side, as is Cam Sutcliffe. Mm -hmm. He was picked at pick nine uh, for Port Adelaide. The Crows passed at pick 12. And John Noble uh, at pick 14 goes to Collingwood, and uh, he's from West Adelaide as well. So you can just look at this um, group and just go, oh my goodness, some of the best talent, young talent especially too, gone out of the system and the sample have to suffer. Well, you look at the, the players that you, you just mentioned. The, the, um, you can disregard Sutcliffe because he's sort of staying. Westies have mm. lost their two midfielders. Mm. And um, Lachlan Hosey is leading the league in goal scores at the moment. He's leading mm. the league in, in um, goals. So, you know, the Glenelg are, are going to suffer a lot. They've, lost, they've just lost their key forward. I think uh, the Bays were, at, were um, te- nearly going to lose three players. I thought they were going to lose Greg, three. Gregson was Gre- the other one. Gregson yeah, as well. So, um, so. Uh, the Bays would probably be no, no, they're happy, but uh, they only lost one where they probably could have lost three. What's your stance on it? I know that I've I've completely done a, a flip mm. and gone back the other way, but only because I've spoken to Jared Wright and I've spoken to Mark Stone at Glenelg and I've mm. spoken to the coaches, and they're saying, you know, you can't do this to us. At the midway point of the season, when they can't believe that the AFL don't have 44 players to take them 23 rounds. They, they're saying, how come you can't work out a list with 44 players to take you for one season? And then to come and pinch some of our younger uh, players for the wrong reasons, where it wasn't designed to do this, it, they feel like they're getting absolutely robbed. Yeah, I totally agree with them though, that they're getting robbed if you had the, the sample hat on. But uh, I, I'm also... Uh, totally um, haven't changed at all. So I think it's a great thing. Um, it, it gives it gives a, the opportunity for I think the the waffle and the VFL and the and the sample guys the 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 quality of those leagues would would improve because there is that carrot there in the first what nine to ten rounds mm. to really prove your worth. So that there could be guys that uh, in the in the waffle the VFL that move to the sample just because oh, I might go play under the Crows or Port Adelaide. Um, recruiting eyes, and that might be my, you know, my key back in the door, foot back in the door. So, mm. I, I, I'm all for it. I can understand that the the Sandful Sandful clubs have been robbed, but uh, mm. m- maybe uh, there's got to be a little bit of a tweak um, um, with it. But uh, and 
then again, the Sandville clubs on the flip side might have to recruit just a little bit better saying, well, there could be some clauses in contracts saying, well, are you going to put your hand up? Yeah. And if you're going to put your hand up, then, uh, well, we don't want you. Mm, it would be crazy if that ended up happening. They have to pick and choose based on potential leaving, and that would suck. Mm. But this is a statement that came out from uh, Sample CEO Jake Parkinson last night, basically hours after uh, the mid-season draft had occurred. Uh, obviously, the Sample congratulates the five Sample players selected um, and wishes them the best. But then, however, we continue to stand firm in our opposition to the mid-season draft. The AFL's decision, made contrary to feedback provided by the Sample and other state leagues, is an is to enable its clubs to add players from its state league list midway through the season um, for their own success um, and basically going on to say how proud they are of all their clubs but the disruption mid-season comes at the expense of the Sanford clubs, the coaches, players, volunteers, members, sponsors and supporters which is a huge fan base, a huge uh, working community and it's so unfortunate to see that people still do love this league. In fact, mm. it's actually probably growing in a bit of popularity now, before uh, considering the last probably five, ten years where the TV wasn't there as much and it was probably dying off a little bit, it's starting to grow back mm-hmm. in popularity just a touch and now it's being heard again. It's it's a bit sad to see that. Yeah, it's a bit unfair that they're uh, they're copying their their whack. I just um, I, I do feel for the clubs a lot, and I, I honestly think that um, th- they need to if they're gonna the AFL is going to go down this path again. They need to work it out with the the clubs that are losing their players. They need to have an honest conversation mm. and say, look, we are going to go ahead with this. Is there some way that we can meet you halfway? Like I, I feel like uh, the Sandville clubs, and after speaking to Jared Wright from South Adelaide, they're saying, you know, we've just lost our third ruckman in six months, and we have. Zero compensation, nothing. So, you know, losing uh, Michael Noah is just a huge hit on any team to lose their key ruckman in the middle, mid part of their season after they've done all their preseason with working out their structures, how they're going to set up during, you know, different stoppages. Mm. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they lose their key man. He's saying, well, that's great, but I, I get nothing for him. And now I have to try and blood a guy that hasn't been playing. Um, because I've just lost my key man. There's a couple of things here. We can put it down to another level again. Mm-hmm. There'd be guys in the amateur league, Div 1 amateur league, that are easily sample worthy that now have an opportunity to, to go up into the sample level. So we can g- g- take it down a level there. And there's I a, disagree. That, that there's I an, disagree. That there's an opportunity. There's, opportun- there's, there's an, an opportunity. opportunity. I disagree. There's no way that an am- amateur league player can make it at a sample level halfway through the season without having the preseason backing behind him. Well, what well, could happen? There's a possibility. Yeah. And then the other thing is, okay, the South Adelaide just lost Noel uh, for the whole season. He could have broken his leg on the weekend and they would have lost Yeah, but he didn't. He got season. picked up by the AFL. Mm. Yeah, but, but, but it's still, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's still, a, it's still a circumstance that happened. So there's that but, thing. But, but this is... So you can recruit all you want, but if someone... Surely they get something for legal. him, though. Yeah, but mm. that's, that's not going like for like. That's the, an AFL club saying, oh, oh, you know what, you're best ruckman. We, we might have him for our club. We might just stick him on a bench somewhere. He's probably not going to play, but we just want to take him anyway. Mm. Uh, by the way, we're not going to give you anything for him. Like, it's just like... It makes no sense, It makes it? no sense. Absolutely I, I don't not. understand it. Anyway. I think that the best way about it is you just add an extra couple of spots on a list start a season. It's starting end of season for me. And, if you, and, and I think um, there's some... People out there that would say, especially parents of league players, would be, especially young ones, uh, like the ones getting picked up, would be, I suppose, very proud of their kid to be picked up in the middle of the AFL season and they'd be so excited for their opportunity. But I think there's some out there that would actually be a little bit disappointed that it means they're going against 
their club and the, the way... It's not going to help the club they were originally playing for and where they got poached from. And that hurts because you're invested in mm. that team as much as your son's success. So... I think that it's it's very hard to just sort of pull someone out of a team at any stage and be super happy for them while someone else suffers at the other end. But then does the quality of the league suffer if you make every AFL club say have 50 players? So that's six. It doesn't have to be 50. Well let's just say let's say two more. So mm. that's at least 46. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another 36 players are out of the Waffle VFL. That makes the quality of the competition go down anyway. So That's that, fine. That, so, but so, it doesn't affect the season. It, it doesn't bring the season itself it into it'll, disrepute. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll affect mm. the brand of the season from, from the opening. So the, the That's sample fine with teams me. will be weaker and then the crowd's... That's going to happen anyway. Yeah. That's going to happen yeah. anyway. It's interesting. You know, Glenelga on top of the ladder right now for the first time mm. in, in, I think it's 11 years, they've just lost their key forward. I'm interested to see now how, how the rest of their season goes. And we can sort of say if they dip down and they, they lose all their scoring momentum because they lost the key forward, you could say, well, you know, the mid-season draft did play a major factor and then uh, potentially robbing them of a, a grand final. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It's a very, very complex one. I know that we could go on this for hours, but we certainly do need to move on. We've got a lot to get through. Mark Bickley coming up very shortly as well. Stay tuned for that. Uh, But first, let's dive into the Australian Boomers. They have uh, locked in a uh, squad which is so impressive. A 17-man squad. In fact, sorry, it's 18-man squad, is it right? It is now. Um, And it could be, I want to hear your thoughts, the best Australian lineup we've ever had on the basketball court. Yeah, it's very, very close. Uh, when uh, one uh, Ben Simmons said that uh, he wanted to play, they, I think that tip, tipped it over mm. the uh, mm. as the best b- Jeez, best didn't ever team. Twitter light up that day. Oh, it did, <laughs> but uh, they're only the best team on paper because the the Rio team is still the Rio team and the Sydney two thousand Olympic team are still the equal best because yep. they finished fourth. Um, and uh, Atlanta as well. So um, there's been a few Boomers teams that finished fourth. So should we go through it? Mm, yes. Who are the yes. names? Well, I've picked my 12, but you say, say the 18 first right, so because there'll be six players that I won't say. There's a squad here. This is the initial 17-man squad. You'll need to add the 18th Bo- form. Bogut have been there, surely. There <laughs> 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 we go. So, Deng Adele is in there, Aaron Baines, Todd Blanchfield, Andrew Bogut, Jonah Bolden, Mitch Creek, Matthew Delavadova, Cam Glidden, uh, Chris Golding, Joe Ingalls, Nicholas Kay, Jock Landale, Mitch McCarron, Paddy Mills, Brock Modem, Ben Simmons, and our man Nathan Sobey, or was, and there's one more. Yeah, uh, Xavier Cooks. That's the one. Xavier Cooks, so, uh, son of um, uh, Eric Cooks, uh, Illawarra Hawks legend. So, so there's um, 18 men to pick from. Who's our 12 that goes on the floor? Well, before I start the 12, there's there's three players that would walk into the 12 that uh, uh, can't uh, play because of the injury or circumstances. That's Dante Exum, yep. uh, who's injured at the moment. Ryan Brockhoff has decided yeah. to take the off-season off. His um, wife's about to have a baby, so he's mm-hmm. about to become a dad. So, Congratulations. Well done to him. And uh, Thon Maker, the Detroit, Detroit Pistons, uh, said, nah, uh, no, no World Cup for you. Um, you're staying uh, with us. So uh, those three would walk into the 12. Um, for mine, but uh, I've picked uh, my twelve. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got the the starting five. I Come would on, go uh, uh, Delaware Dover, Ooh. point guard. Yeah, Patty Mills uh, at the shooting guard. Yep. Joe Ingalls uh, is the first forward. Uh, ben Simmons is, is the second forward, and uh, Aaron Baines, big Aaron Baines, Ooh. in the middle. Ooh. 
Uh, where's, not- where's Andrew Bogut? He, he's off the bench. Oh, he's off the he's bench. Off the bench. He's, he's about off the to win bench. a medal with the uh, with the Warriors or a ring. Sorry, he's about to, and he, he starts for them too. But uh, um, uh, great, uh, gr- very good person to have off yes. the bench. Just quietly, <laughs> yeah, I would say. Um, but uh, Baines and Bogut are light for light, so they'll, yep. they'll probably play half the game each. Um, the Lamarus won't lose anything at mm. at, at the uh, center spot for the whole game, so that's massive. So uh, Andrew Bogut, uh, Jonah Bolden, uh, Mitch Creek has to has to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock Modem is killing it in Europe. Ha- has to go, and then nice. it was in Europe. Uh, um, in Rio, he killed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jock Landale, j- just in case that Baines or Bogut go down, um, which has been the case in uh, some recent international. Mm-hmm. Games um, and then the last two spots I'm going are Chris Golding because he's the yep. Rio Olympian. He knows yep. He, yep. he needs the um, championship player and uh, he's been at Rio knows what to do. And then the last spot, which is a little bit controversial, but it's Nathan Sobi. Oh, nice, nice. See, so yeah. it's either Sobi or Cameron Cameron Glidden, mm. and they're both teammates. Nick Kay so, doesn't get a job. Yeah. No, not when uh, not when you have Jonah Bolden. Fair enough. That's a great looking team, uh, and we'd obviously have to take on some pretty strong teams. I don't remember me, who's in our group. Uh, let like. me run you through. Uh, oh, well, who is in the group? Do I we can't know? remember. Uh, Canada. Here okay. we go. Senegal. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it's Lithu- Lithuania. Okay, so it sounds pretty competitive with Canada in there, especially. Canada's massive. Yeah. And and we'll get to see Canada first up because the Boomers play Canada in Perth. We do. Do you think this is our the best chance to win, maybe not a gold medal, but a medal at the World Cup? Uh, yes, yes. The um, 2014 uh, World Cup uh, was... Uh, was not uh, something you want to go back on. Um, the, the boomers were um, actually uh, point, the finger were pointed at them, said that they uh, they tanked the game to uh, to to miss the United States, and uh, they did a lot. They lost to Angola mm-hmm. um, quite controversially to um, to fall into the the Turkey bracket in the uh, quarterfinal when the, and and Turkey come out and uh, and beat us. So that was probably a bit of bit of the karma bus. So. Mm. Uh, from the from the World Cup point of view, it's easily the best chance to medal, and with that team on paper, yeah. it should be playing for the gold medal. Should and be the best thing the is, medal. majority of them have been rested after you know, a big regular season in the NBA. Most of those players didn't play in playoffs, um, or at mm. least not deep into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. um, they'll be coming in real fresh with a couple of months off. And uh, I'm super excited for August when we get to play the US here. They'll set the standard for us. We'll see where we're at. Um, we'll play Canada a couple of times, as you mentioned, in uh, Perth. Mm, unfo- uh, some warm-ups. Un- unfortunately, the, the United States team won't be the United States team. You th- no. You how many, how many people, still, how, many, how many superstars won't, won't uh, travel over? I don't think they'll... Uh, LeBron's there's, there's one. Definitely He's no Space LeBron. Jam. He's, he's yeah, Space Jam. Uh, LeBron Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> fast, by the way. Fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fast yeah, that's the longest that is. fast. <laughs> Um, I don't think Kevin Durant will be there. Okay, um, he's injured at the moment. He can't even get on the court for for his uh, mm. for the NBA finals. Steph Curry, he's meant to be okay for the finals. Just quietly, uh, no, ruled out game one oh, uh, really? this morning. Late, um, late in the series. Uh, Steph Curry maybe, mm-hmm. but the uh, James Harden maybe. But um, there, there's a couple of big free agent uh, moves in the NBA, like Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't think uh, he'll be there because he's currently a free agent. I was going to say, so. uh, Kyrie Irving was, uh, Irving was born in Melbourne. He is born That's he's, so he's born. I, Shouldn't he be wearing the, the boomers green and gold? He had, he had the choice. He had the choice. And uh, when um, uh, push came to shove, uh, America or Australia, um, mm-hmm. the American coach was Mike uh, Shashevsky, uh, which was uh, Kyrie's 
college coach at, right. at Duke. So I uh, went with the college coach. So, um, yeah. Imagine yeah. if it gets down to Australia. Well, the, he's going to play Australia. Well, hopefully if he comes mm. over. Imagine if it gets down to the World Cup, Australia versus the USA, and Kyrie Irving, you know, yeah. made the decision to play against his home hometown. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we... Um, Sort of uh, gave the Boomers a little bit of what for at the Rio Olympics in that in that <laughs> pool game that uh, Australia should have won and uh, Kyrie uh, made a mess of us in the last quarter, which uh, really hurt. Can we get into the NBL? Because this is just some real juicy, juicy stuff that's just been floating around <laughs> on social Tuggers media. mates coming. This is, this is, look, it angers me, but it also kind of excites me. I think I've changed my mind a little bit to and fro the last... 48 Jeez, hours. Changing, he's changed in the last 20 minutes, I yeah, think. Like, oh. This one, this one's um, interesting. The New Zealand Breakers came out on Sunday, right? And they mm. said there's going to be some global news. Now, we like global news. We love global we're news. We're all about global news here on the press box. But <laughs> Lamelo Ball is basically the one name that's been fixed to coming to either Australia or China um, mm. and won't be playing in the college system, essentially. And, Dale, you said a few episodes ago he won't be going to China. Because something dodgy happened with his brother over there. No, with him. Oh, with him. No, no. What happened? He got caught stealing in China. So um, So he wasn't going to China. So he's coming here. So, yeah. And you said he'll be going to New Zealand in that episode. I did. I should have cut that that audio Episode five, people. Just just pause this (laughs) one. Go back to episode (laughs) five. Normally uh, we'd have a me, me, me segment right now. You'd be all over it. But but you did say it. And now it's seeming like it might happen. Now... Percentage-wise, how likely is it that Lamelo Ball and his dad Lavar will end up in Australia, well, in New Zealand maybe, to be part of the NBL? Uh, I'll say fifty-fifty, but I hate sitting on the fence. I'll say fifty-one forty-nine. It'll happen <laughs> because I want it to happen badly. Oh. Is, there any, keep... is there any more intel that you know that you you know might get this across the line? Uh, no, no, nothing that I've heard of. But uh, unfortunately, I have heard that uh, the global announcement isn't. Lamello ball. It's another oh, mellow. It's yeah. another mellow, isn't and it? And it's not Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, the uh, the fast that uh, <laughs> that uh, just uh, drifted off into the ether in this mm. NBA season. I don't think it's Carmelo Anthony or Lamello ball. I think it's just. Uh, I think the New Zealand Breakers have stolen a little bit of me, me, me time. Oh, I think so. uh, I think it uh, could be uh, just something sponsorship. Ownership oh, related. Oh, well, let's hope it's not because we want mm. a big name player to take global news. Because yeah, well, the New Zealand Breakers are, uh, was were say- sponsored by Sky City, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been rumoured that Sky City have, yeah, have, done. have dropped out of their is naming it, right sponsorship. Is it true that they have some ties to a club in the NBA? They do. Uh, Sean Marion. A former Phoenix Sun, Miami Heat. Uh, I know he's you're the Suns man. How, yeah. Who else did he play for? Everyone. Uh, I don't he know. He has the worst jump shooting action I've ever seen, Sean uh, Marion. Work though. <laughs> um, uh, Dallas Maverick too. Okay. Um, oh yes. He's uh, he's a part of a ownership group which own the Phoenix Suns and the New Zealand Breakers. So, so there could be so, just link. Put two and two together. Oh, link Is there any chance so, that they're signing a, a possible NBA player for that? It could be. It could be like a, a deal where. Whoever the Phoenix Suns draft Ooh. become the New Zealand Breakers imports, something Ooh, like that. Oh, potentially, geez. I'm just floating that out there. <laughs> hey, maybe that could be the could case. Be a feeding ground. He's going to have a new. But then mix. again, uh, I'll, I'll I'll pop that balloon with a pin because the Cairns Taipans actually <laughs> oh. signed Devon Hall last year, oh, right. who got drafted to the OKC uh, Thunder, and uh, yeah, he was a flop. So all in all, what's what's this global news? We got no idea. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, but you know what? Um, it's it's bizarre because. 
I reckon a few about a month or so ago, I was so against Lavar Ball and his son and that whole concept of them Imagine coming Levar to, at the coming, entertainment center, just yeah, walking up and down the side. Them being Champ. a part of the NBL, I thought we weren't ready for that. But you know what? The fact that we're in the middle of the AFL season, we're in the middle of winter, this is the furthest away from the starter end of the NBL we're going to be, and yet we're still talking about it every week on our show. Um, social media goes into meltdown every week about new player signings and who's going where and what. I reckon we're ready for some big-name people to hit our shores and some big-name commentators because we are already talking about the league. This place, this thing has exploded. And on the back page today, the, the, the news was that Jacob Wiley is no certainty to sign with the 36ers. Well, he has signed for, for next season, I must say, but there's a, a get-out clause headline, in his contract. He, what, what was it? Wiley. Could Wiley happen? Could Wiley oh. happen? <laughs> um, but there is a, a get-out clause that if he does get offered a contract overseas in one of the European leagues or one uh, in the NBA, that he might be on his way out. So it could open a door for a, another 36er, another big in possibly but Jory Wright's been uh, having a look out and scouting overseas and you know someone mm. else could come in yeah so uh, the mail that I've got is he's leaving more than he's staying is he so uh, Gee, that'll be sad because I mm. love Wiley and what he brings to the 36ers yeah, well, he was brilliant yeah, Wiley yeah. I think people forget that Wiley came straight from the NBA to to the NBL he was on the Brooklyn Nets roster that Mitch Creek took mm. exactly it was actually a trade maybe it was a mid-season draft type <laughs> deal <laughs> Um, but uh, he can play. He's a genuine NBA uh, player. So um, he's gone over to Europe, got the deal in Grand Canary, and is absolutely killing it. And uh, the the league over there is 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 a lot more expensive than uh, the NBA. Even the NBA is going gangbusters. Mm. Um, so who do we I, think, I think the deal that Jacob Wiley will get will have a, a couple more zeros than uh, what... Jeez, uh, they, 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 uh, they open out their wallets over there. Yeah. They've got a bit more coin. Yep, about, about, about your glove box. Uh, <laughs> Just of, the, uh, the, yeah, we're going to build a new stadium soon. Um, that leaves a, a hole, another hole for the 36ers roster. Who do they start now? Do they start preparing or looking for the next import to come in? Yeah, I think I think if if Joey Wright, knowing Joey Wright, he's he's already recruiting now, um, and uh, he'll probably get uh, get to go to summer league now. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely get the best, the best possible uh, like for like uh, replacement, and I um, don't expect the signing anytime soon. The, mm-hmm. the, the, if, if, be... if, if Wiley if Wiley yeah. goes, it'll be it'll be a genuine superstar, superstar, <laughs> yeah. um, very close. Going to a, getting the NBA contract, uh, it'll mm. be right up to the death death knock of the start of the year, but uh, it'll be well worth it, I think. Well, I think we always knew that Jacob Wiley was too good for what we really were. He was always we always felt a little bit like uh, we didn't um, deserve to have him here because he's that good. But um, hopefully he does stick around. But it's basically a ninety five percent. He won't be here next year, more than likely. So um, let's move on from basketball. This is a topic which has uh, been floated by the AFL last week. And it's about the AFL wildcard weekend. This has come up probably three times in the last three years now. And each time it's been flattened pretty quickly. But again, it's on the agenda with Steve Hocking and his his love for change and things uh, just to be different and very Americanized. This is a very Americanized sort of idea. Weekend of teams just before the finals that haven't quite made it. 
but get a second chance. What do we think? Why don't we just start the season with finals? If we're going to go down this path, <laughs> if we're going down this path to have a, a, a team that wins eight games in the year to play in the finals, like why don't we just start it? Everyone plays the finals. We play a knockout tournament straight off the bat and we'll go from there. FA Cup style. <laughs> FA start. Because honestly, like what's the point of having a regular season if we're just going to go, hey guys, you know what? For all your hard work uh, for you know getting 13 or 14 games to get in the finals, Forget about that. We're going to have the, 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 the next four teams play off for another spot. So I just think, what well, you know, what are they thinking? It's, it's just, uh, you know, I, I get that they want to try and drum up um, some sort of, um, you know, I guess heat to, heading towards finals, make it more, you know, interactive. Build up. Yeah, a bit of in, more engagement mm-hmm. with fans and stuff. But I just, I, I don't get the concept. I don't like the concept. I don't think a, a team that wins eight games in a season should be rewarded by playing finals. Well, if you go back uh, to last year, I've got the I've got the ladder in front of me last year. So the, the wild card matches last year, mm-hmm. seven versus 10th would have been GWS versus Port Adelaide. So uh, we would have made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, Port had 12, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, 12, 12 wins was 10th last was year. 12 wins, was it? 12 okay. wins. So that's more than 50%. More so than, I'm happy with that. If if it's more, if you win more than you lose, mm-hmm. um, you should be in finals. Um, but uh, And then 8th eighth, eighth, eighth and 9th was yeah. uh, Geelong versus North Melbourne. So Brad Scott probably might have, no, might no have kept the job. Yeah, right. So um, How many wins do they have? Uh, twelve as well. So and Geelong okay. had thirteen. So how lot, many how lot. many seasons does that occur? Though? That's pretty rare. Yeah. Last year was one of the more remarkable years where there were a lot of teams that missed out that deserved a spot because the bottom teams were that bad that they just get flogged every week. So it was just more teams with lots of wins. But I think majority of these, if you look back, you know, twelve gets yeah, you in. It's eight, nine, and ten really. That's right. And so I don't. And look, the NFL do this because they've got less games, which means it's a little more contested in the middle, um, and they can afford to do that. And there's more teams as well. And they've got the conference system as well. Exactly. So it's just more complex. We've got a simple one-ladder system where we've played 22, 23 games, and that is that. It's locked away. And I think it's clean, neat, tidy. You've got to make the eight by round 23. I still think that there's room for the for the games, to, the season to change in terms of, I think that for the for really for this uh, the AFL competition to be fair, every team plays each other once. Yeah, it has to yeah. be 17 yeah. rounds. Yeah, and I, I just think mm. it goes for too long. These extra rounds mean really meaningless, mm. um, and they just add more confusion. I think they should cut it back. Let's just go. Every team plays each other once, and then we've got a fair, really fair competition. And then you bring in the wild card. You you fan for the wild card. Well, then then, then you can bring yeah. it in because then it's fair. Mm. Yeah, you know everyone plays each other once. Bring in a wild card, and and then you can hopefully get a crack of finals. Well, there you go. We've just solved solved. I've just backflipped again. It's only taken five minutes. Yeah, and I've changed my opinion. <laughs> you get the reverse uh, out. Um, well, let's keep talking about footy because Indigenous Round was just around the corner, and I don't know how many of you guys noted this, but. I wasn't too pleased with one in particular. I'm not sure how many other teams did this, but Indigenous Round's meant to be you wear a great Guernsey, which is designed by someone from the Indigenous culture and background in your club. And every club has that. West Coast in particular also had one, but they wore it the round before. But then they came to the Adelaide Oval and didn't wear it. And I understand the clash. Colour clash. They had to Mm. wear yellow instead of the blue, which was their, their design was blue, so they couldn't wear that. Why... When it's already locked in like a good 10 months out, when this game is going to be, you know who you're going to play and where. You probably expect to be wearing a Clash Guernsey. You design a yellow Indigenous Guernsey and not a bloody blue one West Coast. Is it that hard? Well, I'll debunk everything about that because... Oh, Oh, okay. I've been told the Indigenous jumpers are designed 12 months in advance. Kidding. 
So because of the merchandising and that, how we've spoken about the prison bars, you know, the prison bar, yeah, you know, yeah, within the yeah, next yeah, month, yeah. we're saying everything's got to get ticked off. Right. So next year's Indigenous jumpers are done as we see, speak now. So so wow. they're done. So the, the, all the, the AFL have all the designs. So I'm flipping it back onto the AFL. You have the 18 designs. Mm-hmm. You make the fixture, oh. so there isn't a clash. Oh, I see. Uh. How about if, okay again? Um, the AFL releases a fixture to the clubs only for next year's Indigenous round, so they know who they're playing and where. Hence the design. Yeah, can well, they get in front? Well, they could probably, they could definitely do that. And it's, well, the last two years, it's been Hawthorne and mm. Port in mm. Launceston. So, because I know Port Adelaide had one one year, which was a white Guernsey, and they had the yep. two coloured boomerangs on it, which were their V. Yep. And I think that was great. They've found a way they to use the their clash Guernsey yep. and yep. do it. And they must have known a fair way out that they were going to play away. Otherwise, they would have done a black one. So well, that, that was the ga- well, the games, and they played in Alice Springs. Yeah, and they're so, always going to be the away team against Melbourne. So, yeah. The common sense actually prevailed there. Okay, so design a white one. There's, there's so much room for potential here. It's just there needs to be a solution. I can't mm. believe that a team on Indigenous round doesn't wear their Indigenous Guernsey and the West Coast Eagles weren't able to show that on the big week. But it goes over three weeks. It does, shouldn't be three weeks. Yeah, I know it shouldn't be three weeks. <laughs> it should be one week. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a, oh, it goes over three weeks because, oh, oh there's a colour clash. Oh, yeah. oh, it goes over three weeks now. But uh, Although uh, I do well, like what Port did it started, at Launceston. Well, it started over multiple weeks because they wanted to wear it at home as well, wasn't it? So I agree yeah. with yeah. clubs who want to do that at home afterwards. Yeah. So, like It's a post-Indigenous round. And oh, Port, we'll Port represent will represent it again no at home. But yeah. They'll wear it at yeah, home. Yeah, I think stage. that's great. But I think it's a bit weird if clubs only do it um, they're forced to not wear it and then forced to wear it the week after because they didn't get the chance to mm. um, when it actually was Sir so, Doug so, Nichols so, Indigenous So what friend. are you floating here? A clash Indigenous trip? I think, well, <laughs> clubs, should, clubs, well, okay. I reckon it could be done because West Coast have a yellow jumper. Like, why couldn't they do the design the, on yellow? Color, like, yeah. it's exactly the same. It's just inverted. Mm. I don't know. It's it's something we could probably... You're treading on a bit of culture there, I Yeah, think. I think we are. Speaking <laughs> of the Indigenous around, did you happen to see uh, Sydney Stack's uh, performance? Oh, I did, actually. It was amazing. Yeah, it him, was brilliant. For him to... For Maybe such did, a young lucky kid. he didn't do a hammy. Jeez, that ended things pretty quickly. But it was amazing to see him do that tribal yes. dance. And it was yeah fantastic for such a young uh, kid to come out and uh, have the bravery to you know to do it in front of 80,000 people before the, the game even started. So it was pretty good. It's a dream time at the G, wasn't it? it? And reminded me of uh, the, the haka, you know, that they mm. do in... in uh, with the, rugby with yeah, the, the, the All Blacks. Right up in their face, yeah. too, it was, wasn't it? It? Right. it was fantastic. I loved it. That's exactly what we need more of sometimes. Uh, let's talk about Brad Scott real quickly as well from North Melbourne before we get into the Crows and Power. Um, he de- basically parted ways with North Melbourne um, mm-hmm. last or over the weekend, in fact. Um, how do we feel? Do we see this coming? And is, probably, is it a good move for North Melbourne to, to take on someone new? Uh, I didn't see it coming. I didn't think. Uh, I thought all the pressure was on uh, Brendan Bolton, <laughs> but uh, then uh, we find out on Friday that uh, the Brad Scott and the Kangaroos had uh, come come with this plan and the sort yeah. of like a handing over of the guard type thing. And uh, sort of uh, someone uh, t- someone told Robbo. Yeah. 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 Uh, someone t- someone told Robbo, and Robbo went bang and uh, good on Robbo. And uh, that yeah, was the most interesting, interesting part about the whole it? story was that it was Robbo. St- 
uh, story that he wrote in the paper. Yeah. That, that fast track, the whole thing brought yeah. it all forward mm. and the club goes, you know what, this is untenable now. Yeah. See, Bang, here yeah, we go. Yeah. So. Well, Robbo said on AFL 360 last night that he had a conversation with Brad Scott weeks ago, um, but during the season about, you know, where he felt he was at and just it was just a casual catch-up conversation. And it was Brad that came to him and said, look, mate, I feel like it's over. I feel wow. like it's over for me. And it, there was no timeline on it, but he basically just sat there and thought, it's, it's the end of the road, I know it's coming. Um, whenever that is, it's when it is. But that's where the, the headline obviously came from, it's over. Um, it, it was always basically on the cards and he put it out there and said it's it's going to be when it is. And North Melbourne, as you said, they made the move pretty swiftly and by Sunday he was out the door and on Saturday night it was an emotional finish for, for a guy who's made... 10, year, 10 years of great coaching at the club, made eight finals appearances, two preliminary finals, just couldn't get across the line into the big yeah. dance. He's been quite good there considering he had a 50-50 win-loss record. Yeah, not to mention that he hasn't had a lot of first-round picks to, to put in that side no. either. So they've been a little bit unfortunate when it comes to the draft. Um, I think it was 2014-15 they made a prelim mm-hmm. uh, both times. And it was and were, probably a year after. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so and then they had that year where they went undefeated for the first nine or ten rounds and then sort of got caught back up. So I think the the club's probably made the right decision. They probably look at him and say, you know, he was been here for ten years. He's, you know, he's got us out of a lot of trouble. Because initially, I think when he first started, they were thinking, about moving North mm. Melbourne. Yeah, that was a Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. Yeah, team. that's right. So he lived, lived through that. Was able to build a side, pretty successful side. You know, obviously a lot of people retired on on that team, and now he's they have to rebuild it. But I think it needs a bit of fresh air. Like you said, I tell you what, they couldn't have um, handled it better. He could not have handled mm. it better. He was with class and poise mm. and, and everything. So it was a fantastic way that he was able to to get through it. I know when I uh, got the uh, the memo on Friday afternoon at work that uh, Robbo had this yarn, I went, oh, jeez, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about to start. It's interesting in the media. just finished putting everything together and then bang. It's interesting in the media when something like that happens and you know it's just going to be... It's like the mm. sixth sense or maybe the seventh sense you go... Yeah. It's oh, everything yeah, you've yeah. just done I've put to the side because yeah. it's all about to unfold. It's That's interesting right. being on this side of the, yeah. uh, the coin. Uh, who coaches them? Who, who coaches think, him? Who coaches him? I don't know. Are you sure? Is he? Is he in? Oh, I'm not sure. Well, he's he's, he's, he's the interim coach. There yeah. you go. Does he Does he take him all the way? Oh, can I just insert myself, though, into that conversation? I generally talk with Rob on a Friday because I was for our show anyway, and I was out of the out of the state, so I'm not at work. I feel like I missed out on a massive moment for you know national footy news because I thought I would have been talking to him half an hour before that story dropped. And I would have had a good chat about what's coming, mate. I felt real flat. No, he generally talks about his article the next day that's coming out, all sorts of things. So oh, I felt like I could have extracted something. Um, I don't know. So it's going to be really short, do we expect? Well, I think so. Well, that's his interim coach. They're, they went, they're going for a horse up at um, in Sydney, uh, Longmire, but he's he's. I don't think he's going anywhere. I can't see him. No, no, I don't. I know you have to write the story or tell I, the story yeah. that all oh, the former player, mm. you know, Longmire, Adam Simpson, yeah. Yeah. Never going to happen. Adam nah. Simpson's not leaving the Eagles, and no. John Longmire most likely is not leaving Sydney. There's even talk about Clarkson as well. They're going to try and poach. That's Clark- I can't. Clarkson just signed a new deal. Like he's not going to leave in Hawthorne yeah, anytime no, soon. Right. He had that chance already. The interesting thing is Brendan Bolton. I think that's mm. the other interesting one. They're under all sorts of pressure now to see if he uh, hangs on to his job or not. They've got a pretty good list, Carlton. So um, I think they're probably going to 
you know, if he keeps losing, they're probably going to make a move on him too. Well, the Nathan Buckley effect is, you know, obviously probably what they're looking at right now is do we just hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. and eventually and we'll turn with, around. Same with Hardwick. Hardwick That's right. Yeah. So it might eventually turn, but... They better turn I don't around. Think I, either I, I of those... had him not sitting ninth. <laughs> at the start of the year, I predicted him to finish ninth. But I don't think either <laughs> of those... coming home strong. <laughs> Either Hardwick or Buckley's teams were never one and nine, though, at the start of a year. So um, that's probably where it sits for, for Brendan Bolton. It's probably not looking too flash. Um, let's talk Crows and Power real quickly. Uh, we've got a little bit more to get through before we get to Bix, who's uh, waiting in the wings with us. Um, Josh Jenkins didn't mm. get picked last weekend after mm. a six-goal outing. Best on ground, more than likely by no. by my. No, I think a lot of no. people said that. No. Seasman was best on ground. He That's was why he got one of promoted. One of, um, and Himmelberg wasn't flash against Brisbane, and then somehow he still retains his spot. Mm. Old Elliot Himmelberg and Jenkins has to live another week in the sample. I mean, mm. is what's that saying about the Crows' intentions now? Well, the pressure's on, and the pressure's on definitely for Himmelberg to try and keep his spot. The pressure's on, uh, you know, not only him, but, you know, the Gibbs is waiting in the wings as well to try and mm. get back in. So uh, he could be um, he could be Pike's whipping boy in a sense that, you know, he's getting punished for, for not much. But I think it does create, you know, some... Um, you know, it does make it hard to to play footy if you mm. want, if you if you have to perform now. Mm. That he's pre- pretty much set the 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 basis that if you don't perform, there's no guarantee you're keeping your spot next week. And uh, what about uh, when he came out and said that he told his girlfriend not to go not to go to the sample, sample because because yeah. the uh, the amount of uh, criticism that he was right. going to get in uh, in such a such a small space was going to be uh, brutal at best <laughs> wasn't it so uh, i don't think he comes back in um, yeah. i don't think he comes back in anytime any, any like, soon it seems like there's certainly a bit of an agenda now um especially if Fogarty, Josh Jenkins. especially if Fogarty gets picked before him then, that's going to be crazy I, if then, he does. Then, then, then you can't hide it then. But uh, it's almost like there's a disguise around well, um, what, this what selection. Is there, well, what is their agenda with Jenkins? Is, is he in their long term? That's right. In their long term plans, like is he is he going to be at the club next year? So there's he, even questions floating about whether if he's still playing Sandford in the back half of the year, he will want to go. Now we don't know how much cred that's got, but the fact that it's all being floated now is. You know, the, the uncertainty surrounding his position at this club. Mm. So it's either the Crows want him to leave or they're mm-hmm. trying to drive him out. Or it, uh, Honestly, just... Because it's not like you don't want to keep a, a trade asset as such mm. uh, yeah. under cotton wool because you, you're throwing him out there at Sandville and you're probably more chance of getting injured in the Sandville than yeah. the, uh, in the I, AFL. I haven't heard anything, but if the Crows were going to make a move on Jenkins, you'd do it this year because at least he's worth right. something to you. He's got, he's got value on the trade table. So if you're going to make a move on him while he's still uh, got a couple of years to run on his contract... He'd go at the end of this year. How many games does he play AFL-wise before the end of the year if they would want to use him as trade bait? Because, well, it's round 11 this week. There's another 12 rounds, I suppose. So 11 games, including a bye, I suppose. So um, you'd think maybe two or three to at least give him some sort of... You know, he's worth something. He can play AFL still. He's not playing the last 15 rounds of the year in the seconds. I've got one question. Is he in better form than one of the co-captains? Well, Tex Walker is certainly under scrutiny, and I'll pose this to you. I've got this mm-hmm. stat in front of me. Do you think, well, before actually I tell you, mm-hmm. do you think he should go to the sample? 
Tex? No, he's had a pretty good month. I'm backing Tex up here. Good. Because the Crows forward line needs Tex. They're just using him the wrong way. Put him in the goal square. Let's go. Brilliant. I'm glad you're all on my side because these are his stats his last five weeks. He kicked three goals, two against the Gold Coast, four goals, two against the Saints. He kicked yep. one goal against Frio, two against Port, three goals, three against Brisbane, second highest goal scorer for the year so far. And uh, and that was all without uh, Tom Lynch, the connector, obviously, in there as well, which usually gets the ball in on his chest. So that is clearly uh, just a one-off game for Tex. And there were some moments. Everyone has moments. He gave away a couple of geez, free kicks. Yeah, look, bad, it wasn't his bad. best game. Yeah. But I think we all have come to learn that mm. Tex Walker is one of those players you either get a pretty average game out of him or you get a bloody amazing game out of him. It's one of the two. You don't get anything in between. Actually, I will ask Bix about the scrutiny that he sort of faces when he has a bad game because it seems yeah, like everyone, everyone yeah. jumps on him as <laughs> soon as he has a has a shocker. Or he didn't even have a... It wasn't a shocker, but he, he, did, he didn't have It just a, wasn't flash. It just yeah. wasn't great. Yeah. Um, and everyone just seems to go after him when he has and a I bad one. And I can tell you right now that that vision would never have been played if the Crows held a, held their the 33-point lead. Probably right. Mm. Yeah, the Crows go on and win by 40, 45 points or even five goals. Mm. No no one would have even have mentioned I'll ask you this. Can the Crows be a top four team still? Yep. Easily, yeah. You reckon? Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. They've, yep. They, they, they've, got, they've got the ingredients there. It yep. just needs uh, – just it's all there in the saucepan, uh, stirring it around. It just needs uh, – the pikey to find the, the best wooden spoon. That's to, uh, right. To they need seventy five percent of these. I'll ask you this then: in the, the next four or five games, they play Melbourne in Darwin. Win. Uh, then they play GWS at Adelaide Oval. Should. Then win. they play Richmond. Ooh. I don't, yeah. Ooh, at, tough. At, and then they have a bye, and then after the bye, they have Geelong. Geelong. Mm, so that's it's, tough. It's a real, so this, the next five weeks is make or break. We'll see exactly the Adelaide Crows side that's going to be there if they're there in September. If they had memories against, uh, uh, in, uh, what was it, Alice Springs? Oh, Alice, Alice Springs, Springs, Springs against, against Melbourne. Springs against Melbourne. They got flogged. Great town. fun. Great yeah. town. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, this, this week in Darwin, though, uh, big ground TIO Stadium. Uh, yep. It's going, going to be under yeah, under hey, Has, has <laughs> it recovered? <laughs> After the Big Bash had to cancel that's their right. game? Because the ground wasn't up to scratch, is it? No, that, that's in Alice Springs. The game is in Darwin. But we're speaking to a man that lived in Darwin for a long time. What yes. is that ground like? What do the Crows have to do to get a win? Is it much different to what it is like when they're playing here? It's a massive ground. It's going to be played under lights. There's going to be a lot of uh, it's dry season up there, but it'll still be dewy. It'll still be wet on the... Un, un, very slippery conditions. It'll be like a, a cake of soap, the ball. So um, that's one reason why I don't think Josh Jenkins comes in. And needs mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a small man's game on the on the weekend. It's and you need a fast, a fast, <laughs> a fast side to win. So um, yeah, a very. It'd be interesting conditions, but yeah. uh, something that uh, pro- probably suits Adelaide, uh, especially if the if you get the ball out of the middle fast, um, you score very heavily and very quickly in Darwin. Off to China, Port Adelaide were at the airport on Tuesday night, flying out, big trip, um, a little bit later than normal. Last year they went on a Monday, so mm-hmm. flying out one day later, any reason for that? I think it might have been just a bit of a cost-cutting measure, measure I think, maybe. Oh, really? One, just one, a few dollars. One, one less night in the, in the yeah. hotel, probably after t- two years. Thinking that uh, uh-huh, we can get there a little bit later, and the, yeah, probably she's the, confident the, then. The, 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 <laughs> I don't want to the, think the, 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 the dietitians and the physios and that have probably all agreed. Oh yeah, we can only get there on the Wednesday. That's fine. But and they come um, back a bit earlier, aren't they? 
Yeah, I think they're coming back straight after the game. <laughs> well, always, always, always thanks for the thanks for the game. Which yeah. just just, just yeah, jump back on. on. Yeah, which, <laughs> keep, which, keep the plane running, guys. Yeah, yeah. Coming back after, I swear. Which is interesting because uh, uh, when I when I lived in Alice Springs and covered a lot of preseason AFL games there, a lot of the clubs would fly in at four thirty, uh, play the game at six. AFL clubs. AFL clubs would. Play the game two hours later at six thirty, and then bang straight to the airport. Gone. Jeez. No way. So, just do a, just do a quick laugh on the O before you mm, play. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So it seems like the the power are going to fly straight back to Adelaide uh, after the game. So, um, but it's a, a lunchtime game, and then they I think they fly out at midnight or something like that. So, um, yeah. So they went Monday night last couple of years. Yeah. So Tuesday night this year, but. Um, Flying to China, which I did last year, you need you need a good forty eight hours to get get on the straight and narrow to uh, get get ready to play, play, to play the, a yeah. game of football. So uh, it's going to be pretty hot, I think, as well. Yeah, it's going to okay. it's going to be yeah quite quite warm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's all advantage uh, Port Adelaide if, if Port Adelaide lose. Well, I hear the, that uh, St Kilda been in the hyperbaric chambers and uh, doing all this sort of stuff to yeah, get right. them acclimatized yeah, to the. But the... It's, it means nothing to when you get there. <laughs> it's just, you can go, you can handball in saunas, whatever, however long you want, but it's just. Different. Do you feel like the China game, or do you think that the China game has lost a little bit of its appeal now, a third year of time? I don't know how do you guys feel. I feel like it's just lost a little bit of its shine a little bit. I know the first game felt like it was a must-watch just because it was a, an event. Yeah. But then you realise it's a game of football, mm. and it mm. really isn't that different. And you realise, oh, I'm watching Port Adelaide take on the Gold Coast, and Gold Coast getting flogged, and it's quarter time, and I'm not really interested in the rest of it. So I you was. sort of switch off. So <laughs> obviously, if you're not a Port fan, it feels that way. So I think they're playing St Kilda. Hopefully, it's a bit more of a spectacle. But I'm not switching the TV on to watch it just because it's in China. Because as a TV viewer, it looks no different, does it? Mm. No, no, just a footy ground. Any of the grounds look. All the grounds look That's the same. Right. You can sometimes you can get Eddie had mixed up with Adelaide mm. Oval if you uh, under yeah. lights if you <laughs> if you're not watching all that closely. Yeah, interesting. It'd be interesting if they lose the game. They, there's Certainly. extra pressure on them now to make sure they win over there. I think they will, but mm. it'll be interesting if they lost it. What are some of the injury concerns, real quickly? Um, you've caught up with uh, a few of the players during the week. Yeah, so Tom Jonas is all good. Uh, Ollie Wines didn't fly over. He's going to do some running. They reckon he's going to do some intense running over the next few weeks, um, especially over the next few days, to make sure he try to get his body fit while all, all the boys are in Shanghai. Um, who else is there? I heard Hamish Hartlett's flying over but won't play. He won't play. No, so he's going Why over. Why would you do that? I think he's just going over as a bit of a... Insurance policy. Yeah, okay. it's a bit of an insurance policy, policy, and he's also going to do a few things on the side for Port in Shanghai, a bit of membership meeting and greeting and all that sort of stuff, smoozing Poster the locals. Boy, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's going to do a bit of that. Um, I think he'll come back the following week. And he, he, like you said, his insurance policy over there, in case mm. someone goes down, yep. um, they're taking a 26-man squad, uh, an extra man, I guess, so just to make sure that they've got enough uh, players in the roster. Is your boy on the plane? Who's my boy? Drengo? Drengo? No, I don't think so. It's okay. interesting that uh, Tommy Rockliffe uh, snapped his hamstring at, in Tassie on the s- Saturday afternoon, and now Monday afternoon he's uh, well, ready to go. Well, Maybe push on and play in the last. It's funny quarter, because brother. I um, I saw him. Well, I was waiting for him at Sportsman. I said, I got the phone call to say, "Hey, just pop down to Sportsman to see if Tommy's going to float in for a scan." Sure enough, he did. He was a bit prickly when he saw me. <laughs> I don't think he was expecting uh, any media to uh, to be there. And he couldn't run away from and, you and too. That's right. it no, I, I it said, Tommy, ping. a couple of questions. He goes, nah. And I said, oh. I want. So just ask you one. He goes, okay. And I just said, any chance to get on the plane to China? And uh, he goes, look, it's up in the air at the moment. We're just waiting on scans. But then the, later that afternoon, um, it came out that he was okay. So he's, he's wow. able to play. 
Dusty. I almost gave her the, the fend off, it, the Dusty it, it, fend I was, off. I was like, geez, I don't know if I should ask you any questions. But I said, just, just give me one. He yeah. goes, okay. Good, good. That's the way we do it. Because he didn't want to run away and pink <laughs> the hamstring. That would have been great. He's a bit prickly. All right, we're going to get to Mark Bickley very shortly, but I want to mention this one, uh, or two, in fact, two great things. Uh, Steve Smith and Dave Warner are back, and the Aussies are in the uh, Cricket World Cup camp. I'm sure we'll be diving into that next week and beyond for the next month or so as the Cricket World Cup really does come alive. Um, mm. But uh, Steve Smith hit his first 100 in Aussie colours yes. since Sandpaper Gate. Beautiful. How He's good over. is this? Yeah, Warm-up game, I don't care. Great moment. Especially against England, too, and the boos. Oh. <laughs> Actually, one thing we'll bring it was up a in boo- parcel- beautiful hundred. We've got to talk about parcel fast soon. Uh, the Australian <laughs> That's kit. That's horrid. <laughs> That's and is Ace from yeah, uh, the Adelaide gone. United Reds? He's not sticking around. No, and you know what? It's a really big loss for Adelaide because he's one of their key players, and uh, all, a lot of the time he doesn't get uh, the credit, even though he's won you know trophy after trophy. <laughs> Adelaide actually probably does get a lot of credit, um, <laughs> but he's their essential player because he plays in that midfield role and he's probably one of the, the best captains in the league so to lose him is a huge hole they have to feel massive hole but uh, you can uh, understand uh, the, his decision a bit like Jacob Wiley became, oh. became the Australian mm. citizen if I, to, if I said to you Dale um, hey do you mm. mind if you uh, come over and play a few games in our league you know what it's not that far to travel we'll put mm. you up we'll pay for everything and by yeah. the way we'll earn you five times your salary yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a pen in my hand right now. Let's go. But uh, before we move to Bix, okay. um, I did say at the start yes. that we had the, the, the 11 for the oh, World Cup opener. Good. I've got them right here. Okay, uh, good. This is, this is the 11. All right. The chairman of selectors, Tuggers, had nothing to do with it. So he's going to rip it to shreds. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's going to rip it to shreds. So I've got uh, D- David Warner and mm-hmm. Aaron Finch opening. Uh, Uzi Kawaja at three. Steve Smith. Glenn Maxwell, my man. The Big Show at five. Mm-hmm. Sean Marsh at six. Alex Carey. Pat Cummins. Mitchell Stark. Adam Zampa. And Berendorf. Like okay. It. Can I have one last look at that just before we mm-hmm. before we go out? Because I do like your top four, five. Smithy, Smithy not in at first drop? I've just noticed you've scratched no. out Stoinis as well. There was Stoinis or Sean Marsh. Okay, so, so do, do, you did... want, do you want the extra bowling? Do you want the extra batting? Mm, yeah, 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 I think yeah. you need the extra batting, especially in a, a run-heavy competition. Mm. Uh, my only concern is... And we obviously... all know Berendorf. Langer's going to pick Berendorf. That's mm. right. I think Finch can bat at three. Kawaja can open. I, not that mm. I feel mm. like that list is unbalanced because you could do it anyway. Where would Smith play then? Uh, he can still bat four. Four, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, still, yeah. But Finch, just because I know Kawaja bats better as an opener, he scores more runs there, it, just because it's proven numbers-wise, Finch can afford to go to three and it wouldn't be a huge loss. Whereas if you do it the other way around, Finch opens and Kawaja at three, you, you risk him maybe not scoring as much. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. We just need the competition to get out of the way and hope for the best for all of them. Good yeah. side nonetheless. Mm. Oh, that's World Cup winners, right? <laughs> World Cup winners, what, what right sort of there, led by my man, Glenn Maxwell. What sort of colours is he going to be wearing on his helmet? Hey, let's wait <laughs> for Parcel oh, Fast. Oh, Parcel Fast, we have the answers. But first, let's go to Mark Bickley, an absolute star. He joins us on the press box. Well, here we are in the studio with one of the greats uh, here in South Australian football. No doubt everyone, if you're a Crows fan, would have loved this bloke. Years ago, he's now in the 5AA shirt and working each and every day on the 5AA sports show. We speak of Mark Bickley, the two-time premiership captain of the Crows. Welcome, Bix. Sam, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for joining us on the Press Box, mate. Uh, my pleasure. Can't wait. Now, we're uh, we're obviously joined by you because we've asked you to do a little favour for us, so we hope <laughs> that we can get some juicy stuff yeah, out I'm of you. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> 
plenty of uh, stuff to look back on, I'm sure, in terms of your career and stuff. But first, let's just quickly look at the Crows right now, I suppose. Mm. Uh, in a quick summation, where where are they at? Well, I'm a little bit disappointed where they're at right at the moment. At the start of the year, I thought that last year was an aberration. I thought that Adelaide would be really right up there, challenging uh, for the top four, if not the top two. They had a perfect pre-season. The whole pre-season, we heard that they were. Uh, it had been really perfect for them. Most of the players had done it all. They had a lot of fun. They'd put last year behind them. But unfortunately, just some of their more experienced players just haven't been able to find the form that I guess we've come to expect. And I think uh, Josh Jenkins is in that group, of course. Bryce Gibbs. Both of those guys finished in the top six in the best and fairest last year. Uh, Walker hasn't reached the, the heights we'd expect, and um, along with a couple of others. So pretty disappointing. And they sit in eighth spot. And to me, that's probably where they are right now as a footy club. They're gonna, they're gonna struggle and they're gonna fight to try and finish in the bottom half of the eight. But it's um, unless they improve a fair bit over the next uh, month or two, I reckon that's probably where they end up at the end of the year. Mark, what can you put their poor start to the season down to? Is there one thing that you think stands out as to why they've started so poor with their form? Uh, look, I, I don't think losing Sam Jacobs has been a good thing for them, and and they really haven't. Um, delivered the ball into their forward 50 anywhere near what they what they were like in 2017. They were the highest scoring team in 2017. I know there's some change in personnel with Cameron and McGovern there, but since those guys have left the year after in 2018, Walker had a very interrupted year, as did Tom Lynch. Just think the chemistry's now changed. I think Eddie Betts is slightly older and, and he's not as consistent as what he had been in those first three or four years. As I said, Walker and Jenkins are both struggling. Lynch has been solid. And then you've got this group of younger players who are all trying to find their feet. Gallucci, Lockie Murphy, uh, Riley Knight really hasn't cemented his spot. So just lacking something that they had a couple of years back. Everyone talks about the forward line, Bix, but uh, I think it's defence, like with Lever leaving to Melbourne and then Dode going down. It's a few holes there to fill in too. Yeah, look, I I haven't been as concerned about the defence. I think they've done a wonderful job. Tom Dode just filled in the the spot that was left by Jake Lever. And then this year it's been Alex Keith who's been able to hold that spot down. I think uh, Daniel Tarley has been really solid. Um, Brody Smith, who was missing last year, coming back in, he's been solid. Rory Laird, perhaps you could say, hasn't quite reached the heights that he was at last year. But for me, their, their defence has held their own. They haven't conceded a whole lot of goals. It's really the ability to, to I guess, um, transform or to convey the the clearances they get through the middle. And they haven't quite been as dominant as what they've been in years gone by. But transferring that to the forward half, that's been the area they've fallen down. Now, Bix, you're a dual premiership captain. You know the heat that comes with the top job. Is the scrutiny surrounding Tex warranted, do you think? Oh, look, I think that that the incident that everyone's seen is is an isolated one and it's going to create an attention because there is just so much more um, uh, of a spotlight on footballers today. When I played, there was, I think there might have been one footy show, which was, you know, the Mike Sheehan, uh, Bruce McAvaney oh, yeah. Yeah, on the couch. And that was it. There's probably four or five shows now that are all vying for attention. And if you do something that, that stands out, particularly if you're a senior player, particularly if you're not playing well, particularly if your team surrenders a mm. five-goal lead, that was always going to be, um, you know, a, a really high-profile incident. The only thing I'd say to that is it's a bit like a pile-on at the moment. Everyone's taken a whack at him. I just hope that um, he understands that it was it was one 
area. It's it's not a strength of his game. He just has to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And as the leader, that's what comes with the territory. If you're putting yourself up there to be the you know the person who sets the standards, who monitors the standards, who mm. really leads by example, you can't afford to do that. And um, so he's copped his whack this week. Hopefully, he responds in in a really strong fashion. And I'm I'm pretty certain that he will. He's a he's got really strong character. So I expect him to come out and have a good game this week. Was there ever a time in your captaincy that you did something like Tex, where you didn't quite lead by example? Um, there was a time when I think it was early in '98, where the first couple of trial matches, I just struggled to to find the footy and get back into form. And I remember having a meeting with Malcolm Blight and back then, I think we played three or four pre-season games and he told me to have a week off. So have a week off, I think it was the third pre-season game. And then he said, come back, set yourself and play really well in the last pre-season game. And he just gave me a little reminder. He said, look, I'm not in the habit of dropping premiership captains, but that's not to say I won't do it. So, <laughs> and, you, and he had a bit of a smile on his face, and I wasn't sure whether he was joking or whether that was fair dinkum, but I tell you what, I was pretty keen uh, to play that last uh, pre-season match pretty well, and I did, got in the best players and was picked, and then away we went from there. Don't gloat too much, but uh, <laughs> certainly if one thing in particular, a lot of people talk about is Malcolm Blight and yourself, and the, the chemistry, I suppose, the combination, mm. it was almost like a dream for the Crows at that time. How do you think you can put... In words your relationship with Malcolm Blight and how I suppose that the power in that team who you were the captain and he was mm. the coach and some people say the captain has more power sometimes in teams and the coach does. who held that in, in well that? look that was not much dispute there Malcolm was certainly had the power in that relationship and look it was slightly different it was much more autocratic when I played in terms of the coach was the coach and he really set the agenda, he set the rules and it was like he says jump and you say how high. So we hadn't quite transformed into that leadership group, the having the input from the players. Yes, he, he can fight it in the players sometimes, but my main role was just making sure, uh, one, that when the coach wasn't around, that there was someone looking out and making sure everything was being done right. And secondly, just that that conduit between the team and the coach. There were times when we sat down and we'd talk about certain things that were going on within the team, but by and large, he really ran the show. And my my sort of thoughts in my head was always just set the best example possible. So if there were team rules, if there was a way that he wanted people to train or to do things, that was just my role to carry them out to the letter. And, and then that way, nobody could question you. And then when you did... Uh, have to have a go at someone or try and pull someone in the line, you were sort of beyond reproach. I remember um, we spoke about this, must have been off air at some stage a little while ago, and we were talking about you receiving the captaincy. And I remember you having a sense of almost surprise when you Mm. spoke about the moment you were given that role. Look, I I guess, once again, if you go back uh, to 1997, it was a different time because if you looked at pretty much the captain of every team was the best player in every team, and I was never... Adelaide's best player, and we had a we had a great team, and with great older players and some great younger players coming through. So it was the sort of first appointment of a bloke who was just the, the things I spoke about before, who really represented what it was to be to to uh, to live the values of the team, and so that was a bit of a challenge for me because, like I said, Wayne Carey, you know every. Every other team just had the best player, you know, Stuart Lowe for St Kilda. And, and so when the game was in the balance, everyone just expected that the, the leader would stand up and win the game for the team. But, you know, I certainly, uh, that wasn't me. But what I was um, tried to do was just make sure that when the game was in the balance, that I was 
in the ears of the people who could influence the game and making sure that they were concentrating on the right things. And, and we were so lucky. We had blokes like Mark Rusciuto and Sean Rann and um, Andrew McLeod and then great older players like Darren Jarman and David Pittman and Nigel Smart. So it, my job was never really all that difficult. The, the only thing that I did have to do at times was Malcolm could be rather abrasive mm-hmm. and there were times when... Um, and sometimes he was really harsh on the players. So I was, was always very conscious of making sure that if someone uh, did cop a bake or a spray, that I was there to sometimes just make sure they were okay with it all and understood where Malcolm was coming from. That's a timely thing you've just brought up. We did speak earlier today on, our, on a show with Jenny Williams, who is a sports psychologist and understands you know, how the best way to basically bake a player in this modern age <laughs> is. And Malcolm basically did it in a way, I suppose, with you guys, which was a little different to others. Well, look, I think he did it the way everyone did it in that that uh, era, which was just yell and scream at people if you weren't happy. And and I think, to be fair, if you look at where that comes from, I think, uh, so Malcolm was coached by Ron Barassi, the great Ron Barassi, and I think we've all seen footage of him being quite demonstrative. <laughs> and, and Ron Barassi was coached by Norm Smith, and apparently Norm Smith was... So you can see how it's just been passed down, and, and that was just really the norm, and we all just, you know, were a bit more skin back then and we just copped it on the chin and tried to pick out of it the bits that you thought were were fair and just moved on but it's a different age now and and um i, I guess even th- through my time it, as i was finishing and as i started coaching you had to be much more um cognizant of the way that your feedback was going to be received by people because not everyone responds really positively to being screamed at just like in in any other job i think most of the management styles have changed in the last 20 years now uh this year both of our teams have co-captains uh if Mm. if you were back in the day when you were crow's captain if uh, blighty or whoever came in and said we need someone else to uh, help you out (laughs) how how would you have responded oh i don't think it would have bothered me uh, to be quite honest uh and it's interesting because back then there was no such thing as a leadership group. But when I think back, uh, this is, I guess it's not really the most uh, hygienic thing, but we used to have a communal bath. Mm. And after, you you know, of course, we trained at, uh, at night after work. So you come off the track around eight o'clock and, every, and it'd be freezing cold. Everyone would just pile into the communal bath. And that was our leadership group. <laughs> the five or six older guys would get the spot in there. And if anyone was having issues or were playing well, that's where we solved all the problems of the world. So we had a, a pseudo leadership group back then. And that's where we solved all the issues. Now, Big, she did take over as the coach for the Crows for a little bit. Have you completely ruled out going back and, and being a coach in the system, the AFL system again? Yes, uh, well and truly. Not, not so much me ruling myself out. I just feel like if you're out of the system for the period of time that I have been, which is four or five years, I don't think there is really any going back from here. I think you really need to stay involved in some way in the system. So it's interesting because we've got now Reece Shaw um, mm. taking over as an interim coach. And, and it's a it's a really... Uh, interesting position to be in because you're taking over. You don't really have time to be able to, you know, bring what your game style looks like because you've mm-hmm. really practiced the whole preseason mm-hmm. playing it one way. So you can make some subtle changes and you can and try and impart some of your personality on the team. But there's not a whole lot you can do. And look, when we look back in history, apart from Paul Ruse, who I think was the interim coach at Sydney and went mm-hmm. on to have success. The whole the, the world of AFL is littered with interim coaches yeah. that do it for six weeks. In my case, twelve weeks. In Reece Shaw's case, you know John Barker. You know, there's been lots and lots of them that generally 
don't go on to have huge success, of course. Matthew, Matthew Primus mm. did it for a short yep. period at Port Adelaide, got the job, and then ended up uh, not finishing ideally. So, yeah, if if I was sort of suggesting to someone, if you wanted to be seriously be a contender for that job, I wouldn't be putting my hand up to be the interim coach. What if Don Pike rang you tomorrow and said, Bix, I want to win a premiership with this team. You've been there before. You've treated, you know what it's been like. You know mm. how to talk to these players. You know what, what it goes through to get there. Can you come on board as some sort of uh, a mentor or, or some sort of small coaching role to help these players out to make sure we can achieve the ultimate success? What I would say to that is Don Pike's won as many premierships as I have. And, and I just feel like this is uh, such a big industry and... And everything is is um, measured to the inch and controlled to the inch. I, I just feel like having part timers who come and go. I just feel like that's that's not a realistic uh, thing. I love I love and have been doing some mentoring with some younger players that are trying to get drafted and some other people around the place that just um, you know trying to help them and, and guide them. So I quite enjoy doing sort of that one on one mentoring. But uh, in terms of a formal position at the club, I absolutely uh, don't think that's going to happen. We've seen the Crows reach the heights of 90, uh, 2017. We've seen mm. Don Pike take this Crows side as far as they can possibly go. Do you think he is the right man to get there again? Uh, look, without being inside the inner sanctum, like who would know? Um, one of the things that the big question I would have is, is their list capable of getting back to 2017? Now, right now, if you think that Eddie Betts has just ticked over the other side of the mountain, he's still a, a champion player, but struggled to just get that consistency that he's had for probably four years where he's kicked, you know, 50, 60, 70, 50. And then last year he had a bit of a down year. And then, of course, this year he's been in and out. Uh, Taylor Walker, 29, a little bit the same. Josh Jenkins approaching 30. Sam Jacobs, 31. If you If you were to say those players are coming down the other side of the mountain and they're best footies behind them. Um, is there enough A-graders coming through the system to be able to get them back up there pretty quickly? So I think they they need to do some recruiting and trading to, to really supplement their list. I love Brody Smith. I love the Crouch brothers. I mm. think Keith is a real find. Uh, we love Laird. Uh, Tom Lynch has still got a lot of mm. good footy. The ruck is an issue for me. We're, you know, Riley O'Brien is a very young ruckman, still got some deficiencies in his game. I think Talia and the defence can stand up uh, Wayne Miller, I think, has got A-grader written all over him. So there's just a few little spots for me they, they need to address and they need some more running power around the ball as well. Uh, now, last night there was a mid-season draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan or not a fan? Um, look, it's, it's bittersweet. I can understand mm-hmm. totally a club like West Adelaide who have been decimated, two players, two of their best players. They've only had one win for the year, so now they've lost two midfielders and I can understand how that is tough. But at the same time, my philosophy has always been you'd never stand in, in the way of anyone mm. fulfilling or getting yeah. an opportunity to fulfill their dream. And when you saw there was a young guy who got drafted to Sydney with the last pick of the night, mm. and when it came out, he just he was in a room with his friends and his family. They exploded. Mum was crying. He was overcome with emotion. You can see how much that means to him. So I understand that, yes, there's some uh, some downside to it. But at the same time, I just think you just cannot stand in the way. But I think what will happen, this this is the first year and it's been, I think it's been hurriedly put together. Yeah. I think what we'll find next year is when West Adelaide go to recruit a player, that'll be one of the questions I'll ask. And they will say, are you, will you be putting your name in the mid-season draft? 
Uh, and maybe they might look elsewhere. Maybe they might say, well, we can't pay you as much because there's a chance we're going to lose you. Maybe they might say, if we're going to spend $10,000 to relocate you from Victoria to come and live here, you will have to pay half that back if you leave halfway through. I think there'll be sort of clubs will go in with their eyes more widely open, I think. But um, yeah, it's not ideal for the sample. There's no doubt about that. I'd love to talk about the premierships that you did win very briefly because I'm sure you get asked about it a lot and you've mm. spoken about it plenty of times, but the best moment for you, like what was it when when you won 97? I'm sure the very first time was so special. The second time would have been special another way. What was the mo- the best moment or moments mm. for you where you soaked it up and it was real? Oh, look, there's there's so many, really. Like the, 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 I guess the, the first... 30 seconds after the siren blows is just the most sort of remarkable adrenaline rush that you've ever felt because it's just like, um, firstly, there's disbelief. You know, in my case as well, you know, I, I left Port Pirie six or seven years earlier uh, hoping to get a game at a Sandville club and then within seven years captaining an AFL premiership. So wow. I couldn't believe it, you know, and, and it just took a little bit of time to settle in. But then that, that next three or four minutes where... Every person you look at, you have a special connection with. So Nigel Smart, for example, Nigel and I both played at South Adelaide in 1989, where we won two or three games and we tra- trained in you know conditions that weren't great. And then our careers sort of sort of transformed and went to Adelaide, and then we're the vice captain and mm-hmm. captain of, wow. of a premiership side. So I looked at him, and that meant something special. There were other players. Um, that you'd ha- you'd shared things with, whether it's, you know you might have been through rehab together, or there's some guys that you know you'd you'd spent a whole lot of time, you know Rod Jamison and David Pittman, guys that were your own age that you'd sort of toiled with, guys that you'd played a lot of footy early on, where we got belted by twenty and thirty mm-hmm. goals against a lot of the Victorian clubs. So it was just a different connection with with each player. So that that was the really special time. And then the the next year was slightly different because I didn't play all that well personally in nineteen ninety seven. So, you know, your pride you get back there the next year, and you always want to be someone who sort of you can say that you played okay in the big game. Yeah. So mm. I'd really set myself to make sure I played better, and and I had a re- you know, I thought I had a really good game in in ninety eight. So that was. Um, that was really satisfying for me as well to feel like I made a much greater contribution the next year. Now, you won two flags, but the truth is you probably should have won three. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Now, you were six goals up in the 93 prelim. Seven. Seven, seven goals yeah, up 40, in the 93 prelim. Yeah. Uh, you're playing the Bombers. You're going in at half time, and all of a sudden something derails the rest of your game well, and the season. You've got the story slightly wrong. It was <laughs> It wasn't so much going in. We'd gone in. We'd all done what we had to do, and you, you know, have a drink and you just calm yourself. You get all your instructions, and then it was the one sort of last final coming together where Graham Corns was the coach. He got everyone in, and you know, the one where the coach stands in the middle and everyone just sort of, you know, gets huddles in, around. huddles in really tight. And I may have just let a little one, a little tiny, a little yeah, <laughs> must have one been atomic slip out. <laughs> And, well, I don't know what happened, but um, anyway, from all reports, I didn't think it was that big a deal, but many of the guys say that it had a very unsettling effect on the team. Of course, we went out and we surrendered the seven-goal lead. We lost the prelim final. The Bombers went on to uh, win the flag. And, you know, I, I must say, I did have a guilty conscience. I didn't say anything because a lot of people after the game, like when we're all doing the post-mortems very late at night, it didn't mm-hmm. come out. Who did that at halftime? <laughs> and I was quiet. And it wasn't until about, 
I reckon it was after we won the flag that I was happy mm. enough and comfortable enough in my own skin to say, well, we finally scaled the mountain. Mm. I can now put my hand up and say that, yeah, it was me. And did you change? Yeah, I was just going to say, did you change your pregame ritual for those? <laughs> ones? Well, back, back then, what was happening was there was a product called Masashi, which was like an amino acid supplement mm. that Greg Anderson, who was playing with us, he was the, uh, <laughs> the sales rep. So we were getting free amino acids. And they just really had that sort of effect on you at different times. And that was one. I think it was called the Growling Dog was the name of the supplement I was taking. <laughs> Quite appropriate, perhaps. Yeah. Now, in uh, your advertiser column a couple of weeks ago, you touted that to throw the kitchen sink at Brodie Grundy. Is, 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 that, is that the answer? Yeah, the kitchen sink, the kettle, the fridge, Which, the microwave. The whole holiday house. <laughs> uh, exactly right. Kangaroo Island, I think Rowie said at the time. Oh, at 25 years of age, most ruckmen are just approaching sort of maturity at that stage. So I think he's got five to seven years of football in front of him. I would be moving heaven and earth to get him back home. He's sort of... He's almost suggested he's open to the idea. He said he at some stage I want to come back to Adelaide. He's got a he's got a South Australian girlfriend. So I just feel like Adelaide at the moment, where they are, they potentially are holding the number one pick, which Carlton have traded to them. This to me has if there is any chance at all, they must do everything they can to get him here. Now I said last week to these boys one point five million a year mm-hmm. and they laughed at me. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with me? Absolutely. Whatever it takes. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just do it. Just do the 1.5. There'll be a new uh, rights deal deal in in a couple of years. And it's a little bit like a couple of years ago when Buddy Franklin, what was he, you know, 10 years for 10 million bucks. Like a million bucks a year now. There's 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 probably 15 players on a million bucks Mm. a year. So as the rights... Expand and who knows what Google and, and Amazon and, yeah. and uh, all those Facebook might mm. pay for the TV rights. It might be he might be cheap, he might be yeah. an Alistair Lynch Mark too. There you go. Well, fingers crossed. I rest my case. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> who knows, really? <laughs> it was a little, bit, a little bit of a stretch. I think you included a number of picks in there too. It made it outrageous. But anyway, uh, Bix, we really do appreciate your time for coming in. Mate, we, we could have gone on for another half an hour, but really, um, there's so much we could have gotten through. But you've achieved so much, and you've taken the time to sit down with us here on the Press Box. We appreciate that, and uh, good luck for the rest of the year with all our radio duties. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Well, there you go, Mark Bickley uh, from Five Double A. Great to have him on the show. He's a look. He's a man Superstar. of absolute gun in this state. So uh, great to have him with he, us. He ruled it out, Jace. Coaching he did rule it out. Ruled I was surprised by that. That's big scoop. I thought. Now, uh, I thought maybe he said, "Oh, what do you mean, yeah. Tom Pye? Give me a call." He wandered down to Westlake, sent out about the boys, but no, no can do. Now we uh, have on social media um, throughout the week some uh, little clips of uh, of him. Uh, you can see all of that uh, as well. Him in the studio. Anyway, let's get into this. It's time for root of the week. Yeah, what do we got, fellas? <laughs> oh, well, I've been uh, following our team, and I've I've donned them our, our team. team for a while. Your the team, old Morphy Parks. They've, oh, they've, they've, we got the they've, captain coaching. That's right, and they've done okay the last few weeks. Now they have haven't you? they haven't won anything. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just get that straight. But the boys, Some, somebody won the home match raffle, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the boys are off the bottom of the ladder. Oh, really? How? How's that happen? Right, well, without I, a win, I, I think it's just the winning percentage. Go, they've kicked more goals. Oh. The winning percentage goes up. Je- they played Jeps Cross on the weekend. Percentage. They only lost by twenty points, which is oh, not twenty shit. points. Twenty points. So Jeff's cross. That brings... You taught him how to kick, Chase. Oh, that's right. Finally, <laughs> finally, the boys. Good work. The score you won by, Got... lost by twenty points. Was... Did, did Jeff's cross? Did they have eighteen on the field? No, they, no, <laughs> they, had, well, they probably did. Yeah. yeah. What are they, yeah okay. <laughs> so, the, so the top team's going. Right? How's their res- resi's going? How's the resi's going? Yeah. Oh. 
Bit flat. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the Rizzies? Oh, well, they're not going quite as smoothly. They they still on the bottom of the ladder. Just not the depth. Um, they played. Uh, they played Jeps Cross as well on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kicked uh, one goal. Oh, Jeps Cross kicked nineteen. <laughs> so it was uh, one hundred and forty-two to seven on the weekend. Not going Ouch. that great. Not going as well as the, the hey, A grade. One hundred and forty-two to seven, seven, and they only kicked nineteen goals. So how many behinds was it? Twenty-eight. Oh. <laughs> Well, they, had, they had a few scoring shots. They did have a few. Oh, they, it was a bit wet, uh, wet and windy on the weekend, so they couldn't quite capitalise Jeps Cross. But the wow. Morphy Parks reserves, they hung Goal in there. Goal-kicking coach at Jeps Cross. At geez, he's, he's in a bit of danger. <laughs> so, yeah, the resis aren't going as well. But also, another route of the week this week is uh, our man... That played for Hope Valley. Remember him oh, from yeah. last week? Oh, Darren. Well, he got best on. <laughs> Did he? No. Oh, <laughs> Darren Mitchell. <laughs> Darren Mitchell, that's the one. He kicked, what, 38 goals? No, uh, 32, 32 goals. 32 goals. Two off the week. record. Two off the record. This week he kicks four. Oh, four. So kicked four. I mean, it's a good week, but uh, still a four. good week. So Hope Valley <laughs> played a full back on Hope it. Valley also, <laughs> yeah, Hope Valley also, 127 points, and they. Demolished, so it was seven points. So they oh. have some sort of season. Oh, not needed. Not Jeez. required. It's not required. So yeah. Imagine if Mitchell fired. <laughs> Matt, so Get him in the t- mid-season. I want to know draft. the two scores now of uh, of Hope Valley two games in a row. They are like 500 to about 10, aren't they? Yeah, it has to be. They have killed their opposition. Their percentage would be through the roof. So there you go. Root of the week. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, All right. Wow. This is the number one segment. In podcast yeah, that, land. That's a curtain raiser. That is always the curtain raiser because <laughs> it's always a close second. But this is a numero uno. It's pass or fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It was farcical. It was a fast too, I know that. It's a disgrace. We wait with bated breath yes. every week, Dale. It's time to deliver. Okay, number one, opening the batting uh, for pass or fast this week. Uh, Brian Taylor, our man. Bristol. BT. Bristol. No, no fantasy is this week, but Good. during the Sydney Collingwood game, who who saw uh, Aaliyah Lear come out with a massive punch? And BT goes, Oh, that's Magic Door! Pass or fast, especially in Indigenous round, BT. Pass or fast. And how long did he take to correct himself? Oh, BT. Oh, jeez. I'd rather him say fantasy. That's a fast. That's a, yeah, a giant fast. It's a fast. How does that happen, though? <laughs> oh, no. You're sitting there studying names day in, day out in the lead-up to your Friday night <sighs> national blockbuster, and he couldn't get a name right. Oh, I mean, it's a hard job, but you wrong team. Yeah, <laughs> wrong, wrong team and a player that hasn't played for, like, a year. Yeah. yeah. Fast, fast. VT, geez, fantasia. Here we go. Now, uh, number two, uh, Nathan Brown, Sportsbet's own Nathan Brown. Mm-hmm. I like Brownie. Uh, yeah, he's a good bloke. Likes, he's very uh, funny. Yeah, he yeah. likes a uh, brownie's quizzes. He's a good sense of brownie's humor. Brownie's quiz every Sunday. Is, he's uh, got a bit of you funny. about him, um, Dale. A lot of me, me, me about <laughs> Nathan Brown. Yeah, yeah. And uh, footy skills are similar as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Uh, but uh, he did a little bit of a piece to camera on Sportsbet. And mm. uh, I don't know. I think he might have brought out some uh, makeup. Pass or fast. What do you think? What kind of makeup are we talking about? I think it might have been a. Uh, on the sort of like the 
dark complexion oh, tile maker oh, on Indigenous no, Room too. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. That's a fast. No, that's a, that's geez, a that's giant a, fast. That's a big fast. That's a big PR oh, fast. I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't had a please explain from the AFL. So it so it that, looked bad. It, it just thought looked it, horrid. And it was after, it was, what was it? It was straight after. Half time or post game? Yeah. Yeah. It was straight after during the game or, or just Jeez. after the game. So it wasn't a great look. Fast, big fast. I wonder Does how sports much... better having a mayor recently? Yeah, they, are. they haven't <laughs> had a good run. One million dollar payout for uh, the Labor team uh, to win early, and uh, didn't happen either. And then they've also got a, a, a legal a, a, action. A, yeah, they? class law. Uh, what do they call it? A uh, legal action. You know, yeah. a lawsuit. Yeah, a lawsuit against yeah. them. <laughs> I got it out eventually. Um, about the forty plus disposal bet that they put on everyone. Oh, that's right. Everyone multied it. They some blokes are missing out fifty k oh. because they put it on and won. And then Sportsbet goes, you know what? Mm. That's void. So there's a huge class action lawsuit was the word I was looking for. Was it in your multi? You usually have a multi on the weekend. Uh, The first leg always falls over. (laughs) (laughs) That is too true. So that's a farce all around. Yeah, farce. Number three, uh, Port Adelaide big game in Shanghai on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ken Hinckley, if they lose Sunday, is he in sort of Brad Scott territory, pass or farce? Oh. I'm gonna leave this to you, Jace. Oh, fast. No, he, he won't be. He, no, he won't be in, in Brad Scott's shoes because I think he's got a better win record for starters, and he's he's building a uh, rebuilding a list that's doing a lot better than what Brad Scott could put on the park. So, I don't think so. No, I think he's safe. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's safe too, purely because he's. Bit of a get out this year with all the injuries. Yeah. Uh, Got a lot of blooding a lot of kids. If Port, if Port were hundred percent fit and five and five, yeah. then could possibly be passable. But uh, I think he'll survive at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's Just. a bit harsh to always want to knock a bloke off when mid season and they're actually travelling okay. There's some odd games here and there. But they're still getting some wins against the teams they should be winning against and even competing against really good teams. And they just have the off game. So yeah. I think it's a bit harsh to have to continue to knock a guy, especially miss. They watch. they win the next three games and boy, we won't be talking about this again. Like, it's just, it's a bit early. Okay, I'll be wearing the prison bars in if we win the next three. <laughs> uh, okay, number four, Gary Ablett. Finally, he's out. Finally, yeah, finally the tribunal what? got him three times. And uh, the son of uh, the greatest player ever I know which way you're going. Uh, pass. Or <laughs> <laughs> should Gary Ablett have been suspended, pass or fast? Yay, pass. They <laughs> got it right. Oh, first week, mm-hmm. again, well, let's backtrack. First week was... He shouldn't have played for the last month. Nah, first week he had to get fined because <laughs> it was actually a- an act which was uh, unintentional. And the second week... Really should have been done. He should have been done a week there. He got away with that. This week, it was pretty much even more intentional than any of them because he's just given him a good uh, right hook to the head and mm. uh, that's that's game over for you. So, yeah, 100%. Pass. Pass. Pass number eight for the year. <laughs> Still counting. Uh, I think we might have touched on this, but... Uh Sydney stacks war cry at the MCG, pass or farce? Yeah, pass. Amazing. Loved it. It was mm. just brought back of what they do with the All Blacks with the Hucker. Um, I loved every second of it. Yeah, I think it was absolutely fantastic. We should see more of that sort of mm. thing. Not that it's you can just force it out, but I love that sort of thing. You can see the culture in the players and they're able to display that on in the middle of the ground in front of all the people. It, I think it's brilliant. Pass number nine. <laughs> Here we go. Two, Here we go. Two, 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 the next one won't be a pass. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, there was a disturbing uh, story I read on uh, news.com.au. <laughs> I've had the tone changes <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> that uh, um, 
on the on the website uh, Sunday. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Um, and it happened at Adelaide Oval. Mm. Someone bought a pie, a fifteen dollar pie or whatever. How much they mm. how much they cost now? Twenty eight bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Bit into it. No meat. Nothing. No meat. No nothing. meat. No gravy. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Just 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 just, just, shell. just a shell of a pie. Just a shell. Just just nothing. <laughs> so pass or farce that baker who forgot to put <laughs> the meat in a meat pie. How does that happen? <laughs> how how does that happen though? You put a pie in the oven with the batch, and usually they're all put with meat inside, you know, all at once. But no, one missed out. Is it, or is there a giant batch of unfilled pies? Wow! Imagine that. Was it, was it, was it, a Balf- it was Balfour's, wasn't it? Or was it Villiers? No, it was Balfour's. It was Balfour's. Yeah. Balfour's footy pie. And it didn't get filled with meat or gravy. It was the pie, pure... with, the, the, the pie with no meat. <laughs> I reckon there'd be some people that like that. <laughs> just the pastry. Yeah, they just like yeah, the pastry. Right. But uh, oh, oh, that's ridiculous. It's a good vegan option. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> thinking. Ah, that is an absolute fart. You've, you've actually missed one on the board, Dale. I hope you haven't left it till last on purpose. He has. Maybe you have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the World Cup uh, starts uh, this weekend and Aussie's playing Afghanistan. And uh, when we go out to bat, uh, Dave Warner, Aaron Aaron French, whoever opens Mm. Kawaja, will uh, be wearing a helmet. Yes. You have to wear a helmet. Uh, these days, um, no no one goes out in a hat anymore because of you know the safety concerns and mm. stuff like that. And uh, Australian one day team uh, have been uh, renowned for their uh, floppy yellow uh, yellow hats mm. and yellow the yellow Australian gold. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> no, canary yellow, canary. As, as, uh, Tony Gregg would say. <laughs> but uh, the helmets uh, for this World Cup are green. No, they're green. They're bottle green. Pass or farce? It should be yellow helmets. Uh, oh. They've Pass gone, or they've, farce? Hang on. Context here. Yeah. They've gone the throwback sort of retro kit um, for, what, the 1980-something World Cup? And so they've tried to bring... And so we're saying this is a kit. No. We're basically going 90% all the way. Can't have that. We need to have the helmet to complete the retro kit, and we can't even do that. That's a farce. That's an absolute farce. I've never ever Tony seen... Tony Gregg, Tony Gregg... Would he be rolling be, in his grave? He'd be so off this. <laughs> he'd be so flat about this. And I've never ever seen... It must be so retro, it's older than me that they wore a green helmet. I've never seen a green helmet. Green helmet? You've seen the green helmet? Australia, right? Well, Kerry, Kerry Packer back no, in the, you've seen the, the, the green days. Helmet. The canary helmet we haven't seen in a long time. That's what we want back. Yeah. Yeah, but the canary <laughs> yellow, the canary, the real Yeah, the version, bright yellow. Yeah, th- that so was, wh- why, that's a disgrace. Wh- why, uh, why can't we have the canary yellow? Is there more to this story? Well, all I've heard is that uh, Cricket Australia have made a small announcement in the last seven days, and it's regarding there's only five manufacturers in the world that create international standard helmets, and it never came up in discussion in terms of what colour they're going to create for the next 12 months or whatever with their latest editions. So the the fabrics that are, you know, all the standard colours, your maroon, your red, your blues, navies, dark greens, all that sort of thing, it covers most of the international nations. No canary yellow required, so it never <laughs> happened. And so they didn't have access to them. So that's another farce. Bad luck. That's <laughs> two in a row. Far out. So that's cool. the yellow helmet. But and another thing, just a little side farce here. Mm-hmm. Side farce. In the World Cup now, 
there is alternative strips. Oh, now. Pass or fast. Someone hold us back. <laughs> this, is un- this is a... This is, Wait, hang, oh. this is the farciest farce ever. <laughs> don't, don't the cricket teams normally play an all white? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they... All of a sudden we got clash strips. There'll be a clash strip because... Oh. Oh. So last, last night, um, t- we're talking uh, Tuesday night, Monday night they had England play Afghanistan uh, in a warm-up game and they... Did look similar. I oh, will give them that. They look similar. Yeah, but one's um, but one Afghanistan's team, building. One's on the back. Yeah, that's right. Back. That is right. Afghanistan's alternative strip for that game. They had more red on the side. I don't think it just looks stupid. I mean, they've just they've just overdone the red for the sake of it. You know who's batting and you know who's bowling. Get on with it. It's ridiculous. Fast. Massive fast. It's a massive fast. <laughs> but if the Australian alternative strip had a canary yellow helmet. Pass. Oh, it would be a pass. <laughs> That's a good pass. <laughs> I like it. Is it time to do some footy tips? It is. Sure okay. is. Round 11. We'll get straight into it. Uh, North Melbourne versus Richmond. There's a little bit in this game because obviously they're playing without their coach or and mm. with a new coach now. So it'll be interesting. North Melbourne shouldn't win this game. <laughs> new coach. That was a hard way of doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> new coach. Ruse will win. Oh, Ruse will win. Nah, Richmond for mine. Collingwood versus Fremantle. Collingwood to win. Where's this? It's in oh, the MCG, MCG, isn't it? Yeah, they yeah, should win It wouldn't win matter if it was in Egypt. Collingwood will win. <laughs> Collingwood will win this. GWS versus the Gold Coast Giants Stadium. Giants. Giants. Yeah, Giants for mine. Uh, Geelong versus the Sydney Swans. It's at uh, Geelong. Um, Geelong at home should win that. Yeah, Cats, cats at the Cattery, mm-hmm. always. Uh, Brisbane Lions at the Gabba versus the Hawks. Oh, this is a good game. You know, Brisbane mm. have the, the edge on Hawks the last mm. 12 months. Yes. Uh, the, two the, zips Luke, so far. the Luke Hodge, Chris yeah. Fagan Cup. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> That's right, I think yeah. Brisbane will get across the line there at the Gabba. Yeah, yeah, they play the Gabba well. Yeah, yeah, they do. Brisbane will win. Yeah, Brisbane for mine as well. Uh, Melbourne versus Adelaide in TIO Stadium. Ooh. The top end. You have no idea how hesitant I am about picking the Crows. Not because of last week's loss, but because last year when we played the D's oh. up in Central uh, it NT. It's in NT. We we got smashed. Absolutely. In a game we were expected to dominate. So, you know, it um, uh, Crows, but... Uh, Redemption. <laughs> Redemption for the Crows. Crows will win. Crows for mine. Uh, St Kilda versus uh, Port Adelaide over in Shanghai. If Port don't win, they may as well just yeah. sh- shut up shop. Be cool. Yeah, I think Port, Port need, should get it done. Port mm. need to win this game. Mm. Uh, the Bombers versus Carlton. This will be an interesting game. It's at the MCG. Mm. Two fifty on Sunday. Essendon. Yeah, Bombers with confidence. He, yeah, Bombers. I'm going to go Carlton. Just yeah, something yeah. different. Just because they got. You're yeah. just trying to get them up oh, the ladder. I need, I need to get them up the ladder. <laughs> uh, and the last game of the round is West Coast versus the Bulldogs over in Perth. West Coast should get that done. Yeah, Eagles, e- Eagles have turned the corner. Good, yeah, good. Yeah, but Eagles for mine as well. What's your multi look like? A real quick one? Yeah, all right. Let's do a really quick one. A let's, bit of a Chinese let, flavour to let's it? Go, <laughs> let's go GWS into Brisbane, into, who do we like? The Bombers or Carlton? Uh, Bombers depends, mostly. Depends if you want value. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I, I said Carlton, but you both said Bombers. Yeah. yeah. So let's go Bombers. Yep. So there you go. That should add a little bit of value. Great. That's what we like. <sighs> 
How many have we got correct this year, multi-wise? Zero. Zero. <laughs> but there's still time. There How many is. rounds? We've got 12 rounds to go. That's what there's we still said. time. There's a lot of time. Um, that's another episode in the books, guys. Mark Bickley, our special guest, was absolutely fantastic. You can find plenty more on our Pressbox EP Twitter page and Facebook if you want to find us there and uh, get the very best bits of the show. Um, but, guys, until next week, great to see you. Thank you. See you next week, man. <laughs> <laughs> and join us, of course, on iTunes where you can subscribe and keep up with every episode as it comes out each week. We'll be back next week with episode 14.